my fellow Americans. On Tuesday, Syrian dictator Bashar al-Assad launched a horrible chemical weapons attack on innocent civilians. Using a deadly nerve agent, Assad choked out the lives of helpless men, women, and children. It was a slow and brutal death for so many. Even beautiful babies were cruelly murdered in this very barbaric attack. No child of God should ever suffer such horror. Tonight, I ordered a targeted military strike on the airfield in Syria from where the chemical attack was launched. We never know what a week will bring forth. And this week, it seemed that President Trump surprised many with the attack on the Syrian Shayrat airfield. Bible prophecy gives us a framework of what will happen, but knowing the exact road that events will take, we often cannot say. What is interesting is that the attack this week is a complete reversal for Trump. After President Obama had declared the red line in Syria was if Assad ever used his chemical weapons, and then Assad went ahead and used his chemical weapons on his own people, Trump then, at that point, tweeted out the following. He, uh, he said, uh, well, said, he typed, tweeted, Let the Arab League take care of Syria. Why are these rich Arab countries not paying us for the tremendous cost of such an attack? That was August 29th. 2013. Uh, again, at that time, he at the same day, he tweeted, What will we get for bombing Syria besides more debt and a possible long-term conflict? Obama needs congressional approval. And then on September the 5th of that year, in all caps, he tweeted, Again, to our very foolish leader, do not attack Syria. If you do, many bad things will happen. And from that fight, the U.S. gets nothing. So, well, in the end, Obama, as we know, did not respond as he said he would. And it was often seen around, or it was seen around the world, I think, as America pulling out and to, to, to many losing heart. But clearly Trump is different. And like many, which <laughs> when we say he's different, we mean very different. And like many other world leaders... Once in power, uh, changes his mind, or as often as the case, you know, the campaign trail is very different from the actual position once one is in the seat, it seems. But the truth is also that God had a plan, and it's God that puts leaders into and out of power, as we're told in Daniel chapter 4 and 17, which reads, This matter is by the decree of the watchers, and the demand by the word of the holy ones, to the intent that the living may know that the Most High rules in the kingdoms of men and gives it to whomsoever he will, and setteth up over it the basest of men. And further to this, events can come about that change us completely. And we can think of the story of Esther in chapters 5 and 6, in chapter 5, Haman has built the gallows for Mordecai and is ready to have him hung. However, by chapter 6, it starts off 
uh, on that night could not the king sleep, and he commanded to bring the book of records to the chronicle, uh, book of uh, records of the chronicles, and they were read before the king. You probably know the result. The king finds out Mordecai had actually saved his life. And Haman ends up parading Mordecai through the streets, crying out, Thus shall it be done to the man whom the king's delight, king delights to honor. A sleep, sleepless night and a perfect spot in a book is all it took to change the course of history at that time. And God has a way of orchestrating events when he needs to. However, today, many in the U.S. and around the world one, uh, wondered and accused Trump of working behind the scenes with the Russians, when I say today, I mean sort of in you know, in our time, uh, and they're not saying it as much now. But Trump said at that time it wouldn't be a bad thing if we got along with the Russians. But that's not what the Bible said would happen, and the U.S. government officials are saying that it was the pictures of the babies and the children that made him act. Whatever the reason, there is certainly a change. In fact, the U.S. Uh, ambassador to the U.N., Nikki Haley, has now said that we're prepared to do more, but we hope that, we will not, uh, that it will not be necessary. And this change in Trump is to be expected, as it is the scripture that paints the relationship between the northern power and the southern power as one of hostility. And we say this based on the following passages. In Daniel 11, we have the king of the north, and the king of the south. And throughout that chapter, it goes through time. It goes right, the, it starts with Alexander the Great and lasts all the way up to uh, our time, the time of the end, and uh, Russia coming, the king of the north coming down into, into Israel. And throughout that chapter, the king of the north and the king of the south are against each other, are hostile to one another. And in Ezekiel 38, we have a northern confederacy of nations mentioned at the beginning of the chapter and a southern confederacy of nations also mentioned in the chapter, including Tarshish and the young lions, along with other southern nations with them, such as Sheba and Dedan, which today would be Saudi Arabia and the southern Gulf states. And this Tarshish mentioned here has been looked, on, uh, looked at many times on the program and in the Bible magazine. However, it is clearly the nation of Britain with her young lions or her previous colonies, including America. And you can read more about that uh, in the last issue of the Bible magazine. Uh, I think it was the last issue. Uh, and also in volume 20 and issue number 3. And lastly, it is seen in Zechariah chapter 6, a time in, clearly which is in the future when a temple is to be built and the one who is the branch becomes a king and priest. At the beginning of this chapter, we have four chariots that come from between the two mountains of brass. We're not going to have all the time to go to this now, but the mountains in Bible prophecy are nation powers, as you can see it in Daniel chapter 2, verse 35, 44, and 45. Uh, and at that point, it is the, uh, the kingdom of God. But these mountains of brass in Zechariah chapter 6, are our northern and southern powers at the time of the end. So, based on that understanding, Bible students for many years have uh, looked for the situation that we now see taking shape before us today. And the following are from Older Milestones by Graham Pierce, and the first quote is from 1980, his uh, Milestones 1983. Uh, this is uh, quoting uh, Graham. He says, 
Both Daniel and Ezekiel describe the final invasion of the land, and we must add together what they both say. It is not just Russia coming to take a spoil, but also the beginning of divine judgment on the Roman power for its oppression of God's people from the first century onwards. We can look for the following developments. And he goes through a number of developments, the first of which is the development of two hostile powers, north and south of the land, and he means the land of Israel, the Holy Land. Two hostile powers, north and south of the land. Now the other, uh, for the audio, uh, just to keep it not as long, I've left the other, uh, just for interest, I've left the other developments in the written version, and there is uh, five developments there that he uh, was looking for. And so Graham's first development then, these, these hostile powers, uh, north and south of the land underscores the significance of the of the events of the last few days. Now, the second quote from Graham is from the 1984 milestones and commenting on events at that time, but which clearly, uh, as we'll see, f- uh, fits our time just the same. Uh, quoting Graham, the total of all these factors is the quite dramatic emergence of an overall south power, hostile to the north power. And the pivot of this is Saudi Arabia, supported by the the USA, as he puts it, and Britain. So under angelic control, preparations continue in harmony with the prophetic record set out so long ago. This aspect of prophecy is so striking, so exciting, that some further details will help to establish the matter, he writes. But there's that, uh, that... the emergence, as he was seeing it then, of the South Power hostile to the North Power, exactly as we are seeing uh, come around uh, today. Also from the same milestones, uh, he carries on and he writes, quote, In the original King of the North, King of the South situation in Daniel chapter 11, the Seleucids, King of the North, were established in Syria with Antioch on the Orantes as their capital. So today we look on Syria as a key country. It is appropriate, too, that the U.S. should be pushed out of Lebanon, Syria. It has no place in the northern group of countries. I love that quote. That is, when I came across this one, I thought, that is amazing. Because there, there is Graham back in 84, seeing that it is appropriate that the U.S. has no place in uh, Lebanon, Syria. Of course, the king of the north is also uh, called, the, we call it the latter-day Assyrian, because in, um, in prophecy it's also seen as, uh, as the Assyrian coming down on the land of Israel, but uh, that land would, of course, be Syria today. Well, if we're looking then for hostility between the northern and southern powers, as we mentioned, this week is certainly interesting and does give us a lot to talk about. And the following was the Ambassador Nikki Haley's speech on Friday. Russia is supposed to be a guarantor of the removal of chemical weapons from Syria. Think about that. Russia is supposed to have removed all the chemical weapons from Syria. But obviously, that has not happened, as innocent Syrians continue to be murdered in chemical attacks. Let's think about the possible reasons for Russia's failure. It could be that Russia is knowingly allowing chemical weapons to remain in Syria. It could be that Russia has been incompetent in its efforts to remove the chemical weapons. Or 
It could be that the Assad regime is playing the Russians for fools, telling them that there are no chemical weapons, all the while stockpiling them on their bases. The world is waiting for the Russian government to act responsibly in Syria. The world is waiting for Russia to reconsider its misplaced alliance with Bashar Assad. The United States will no longer wait for Assad to use chemical weapons without any consequences. Those days are over. I think you would agree those are for some fairly uh, strong words. And maybe unsurprisingly, uh, the response from Russia, Syria, and Iran, uh, Reuters is reporting, is reporting the following. Quote, a joint command center made up of the forces of Russia, Iran, and militias supporting Syrian President Bashar al-Assad on Sunday said the U.S. strike on a Syrian airbase on Friday crossed, quote, red lines, and it would respond to any new aggression and increase its support for its ally. Apparently now they're drawing red lines in the sand that the U.S. has already crossed. So it didn't apparently take too long for that relationship to uh, hit the dust. However, the, re- the reaction on the other side, or from the south, shall we say, from uh, Egypt, Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, Jordan, Israel, and we could add to it, which is of importance, Canada, Britain, and Australia, when you look at the lineup of the uh, Tarshish nations, there was clear support. And this is quite incredible, really, as that line of nations is, is or that, that line of nations is exactly what we would expect uh, in the prophecy, uh, the, their their response to be, that's exactly what we would expect for them to uh, line up in support of the United States against those northern powers. Now, as a side note, it's interesting that Turkey is doing what it does best, uh, uh, bothering everybody, and it's uh, strongly supporting the missile strike, but it's also, over the last month, been threatening to close the U.S. airbase because of the support the U.S. gives to the Kurds. And as the quote from Graham said that we read, the U.S. has no place in the northern group of countries. So I would expect, even though they both agree that um, the airstrike was positive, uh, Turkey in the long run will end up being overrun by Russia. But um, certainly um, we can't expect the U.S. to stay in Turkey long term. And the other news that just broke, um, which uh, on Sunday, was the bombings of the Christians in Egypt um, on, as they call it, Palm Sunday. And this development will also be interesting to watch as Egypt is further galvanized against terrorism and will likely be brought closer to Israel and the United States. And after a uh, recent meeting, which you may have seen in the news, between the Egyptian President uh, al-Sisi and Trump, Sisi comes out and says that Trump had a true relation, uh, sorry, a true understanding of the Middle East. Uh, he was all smiles after that meeting, as was the um, uh, Saudi Arabia. And the picture painted for us from the prophecies comes into view in our time. Uh, we can be built up by these things, but also hopefully motivated to examine ourselves because that is the purpose of of bible prophecy is that is it is a warning so that we can be ready and waiting when uh, the time comes to be called away so that we will be found with our garments on as it's uh, said in revelation and so we ask the question 
as we see these things coming to be. Because really, these things people have looked for for, we can say, hundreds of years, have looked for these events to transpire and these the lineup of these nations to transpire. And so do we have the oil in our lamps or, or are we taken up by the cares of this life? Are we separate from the world that God has promised to bring his judgments against? And these are questions that I ask myself when I see events moving toward the coming of the Messiah. And we're blessed to th- see the things that we do. And in closing, Uh, These uh, words, I think, are quite incredible, again, from Graham Pierce. And these are from the 19, I believe, 77 milestones. When we, he says, survey what is happening in in the vast uh, south region, Saudi Arabia, Jordan, Oman, Persia, Ethiopia, Egypt, Libya, we see countries brought to life again after long centuries of silence, now activated into modern-style states and moving into their right positions for the great day of Christ's return. He says, How thrilling is prophecy fulfilling! What would our brethren of a century ago think if they could see the things that we see? What would Graham say if he could see the things that we see today? What an incredible time we live in! And so, may the next week bring the coming of our Lord. Thanks again for joining us Uh, this week for another edition of the Bible in the News. And should the Lord Jesus Christ remain away, please join us again next week for another edition of the Bible in the News at BibleInTheNews.com.